so um, this is very exciting because this is the beginning of a new series, as you just saw, on trend. There's um, all of these trends right now that are going on about how to be um, better taking care of yourself and your body and your mind. You know, we're going to talk about mindfulness today, but um, intermittent fasting. How many of you guys are doing it inter intermittent fasting, by the way? Right? It's a great, like, weight loss kind of new fad diet trend type of thing. We have minimalism, right? People who just want to declutter their life, you know, like the Marie Kondo kind of a Kanmari thing where you're just kind of like emptying your house of stuff and just living with very few things to, to live in the experience of life instead of the stuff right? And then the zero waste movement, right? You know, you've all seen the cute little seahorse that's wrapped around the straw, right? And these people are like on a mission to not have any waste in the ocean and recycle the plastics, right? Like there's, there's a whole bunch of movements about that. So, but anyways, all of that yet to come because it's very cool. And it, we're going to explore why these things are so popular right now, why they're, um, things that we, we really need to, to take care of and, and, and be mindful of. Um, but also, these aren't new practices. These are refurbished, recycled kind of, of, of practices that we've had for a very long time. So before we start, I want everybody to take a moment. I think James and Susan actually um, showed us this earlier. Um, I want you to take a moment, get into a comfortable position Settle into a position with a straight spine to allow in an ease of breathing. Take a couple of deep breaths, breathing into your nose and out of your mouth, allowing your body to release and soften with the out breath. Settle into being here. Okay, does everybody feel better? We all feel good? You feel more relaxed? Yes? Okay. Um, we live in a very busy world, right? We are constantly on the move. We've got work. We've got kids. We've got a social life. We have um, things that we just need to maintain, right? Um, not just that, just every, th every time you turn on the news, it's just, it gets overwhelming and it makes you stressful and anxious, right? Um, politics, I don't, it does not even go there, but like it's a stressful time, right? I was actually um, hanging out with a friend of mine, my best friend, the other day. She's a mother of two, um, and she has a full-time job. The girls are 11 and 9, and um, they are straight-A students. They have soccer, and if it's not soccer, it's basketball and gymnastics, and, you know, then you have the talent show, and they're singing, and they're doing all of this stuff. And the other day, we're just sitting out on her patio, and she, and I, and I'm thinking she has it all, right? Like she is the perfect mom, the perfect wife. She has it together. You know, she goes and she sees patients all day, and she comes home, and her kids are perfect. You know, and I'm like, oh wow, like Jen has it together, right? And then she, we're all sitting in the patio, and she's like, oh my god, I can't take it anymore. I was like, you don't understand how stressful my life is, and I go to work, and I see patients, and I listen to their problems all day, and then I come home, and then it's the kids, and it's like, oh no, don't put that soccer uniform on, it's not that one, it's this one, and she has to tell her husband, it's like, oh, and make dinner, and I didn't make dinner, so we need to go out and get food, oh, and the kids, you have to go pick up the girls at five o'clock, and then we get, and so she has to do this after work, and I'm thinking, Oh my God, like I can't even take care of myself. I don't know how you're taking care of all of this. And we're doing, as she's sitting here like complaining to me, we see her husband on a hoverboard, <laughs> right? 
And she's like, yeah, I actually have three kids. Right. And um, he's actually an amazing dad. I can't take that away. Like, but, but that's what it takes. It takes like a full household to take care of kids and like just the stress of it, even planning a vacation. How many of you guys have tried to plan in a vacation and you've gotten into fights with your spouse about the vacation planning, right? <laughs> Abuna and Sherry are like, yeah. Um, so it's it's just it's every little thing it just becomes just like full of anxiety and stress right and that's why uh, that's why we have that's why we have uh, this this thing called mindfulness right like this is basically everybody's life right now it's like oh so like what causes you stress like yeah my whole life like there's not one aspect of my life that doesn't stress me out me personally, I don't know about you guys, but I'll be driving somewhere and then I'll get there and I'm like, I don't remember driving here. Like, how did I get here? Like, I got in the car, I drove, but I don't remember the path I took to actually get here because your mind is so full of stuff, right? Um, to the point where I can't slow down my mind. So I will fully admit that I actually do have a mindfulness app because at night it plays fairy tales, like in a very soothing voice, sleep, right? And I'm like, okay, Rapunzel is in the tower. Are you asleep yet? You know, that's how it feels like. And like, I never finished the story because at that point I'm passed out, but I'm like, it helps me not think about my life and think about the fairy tale, right? But yeah, there's an app for that. There is an app for, all kinds of mindfulness things, whether you want to like meditate while you go walking or you want to hear a bedtime story at night or, you know, they teach you how to be, to have gratitude and like all of these wonderful things. And, you know, what, so what exactly, what exactly is mindfulness? So, so this new, this new trend of mindfulness as Anderson Cooper, our, you know, upcoming church father, apparently, according to James, um, is, is, has said, it's, it's this new trend, right? People are focusing now on the mind. They're like, oh, the mind, you know, we rely on it to be happy and to be kind. Um, we depend on it to be creative and focused and attentive. Um, but no one looks after the mind, right? We have to look after our minds. Um, we get stressed out and we don't know how to deal with stress. Um, and we just don't have a minute to, to actually focus. So then, yeah. This is what people have um, have developed. It's it's this basically recycled uh, thing of, of mindfulness, which is a psychological process um, of bringing one's attention to experiences occurring in the present moment, right? Which can be developed through the practice of meditation. Um, it's taken from Buddhism, uh, the, the the current concept of mindfulness, um, because it focuses on um, just living and maintaining your moment-by-moment -moment awareness of your thoughts. Um, feelings, bodily sensations, you know, surrounding yourself in the environment, being one with yourself, right? Um, there's no spirituality to this, by the way. This is all just purely psychological. Um, and, and as I mentioned before, uh, this, is, this is something, one of the, the, the things that people say, right? Like mindfulness gives you time, times give you choices, choices skillfully made lead to freedom. I read this and I'm like, what? What, what does this mean? What are, you, what are you talking, freedom from what? What are, you, what are you talking about? Mindfulness gives you freedom? I was like, if that was the case, like really, 
we would all be happy people and we wouldn't be living in the world that we live in today, right? Freedom from anxiety, I guess. I don't know what they mean by that. Um, and the other thing is this woman, okay, I actually am addicted to watching her shows because I'm fascinated about how much people hoard. Um, and in every relationship, there's always someone who's a hoarder and someone who's a minimalist. And I'm sure a lot of people here can relate to that. Um, but she does this thing where she has this, she developed this method called the Kanmari method. Do, how many of you guys are familiar with this woman? Yeah, it's fantastic because I'm sure every mother in here is like, seriously, this woman literally just tells people to clean up their mess. And she's popular. And I'm like, I tell that to my husband and my kids, or the husband is the one that's like, really, lady? Like, what's, you know, let's, you know how it is. Um, but she is in this thing of like, okay, let's, let's just, take things that spark joy. Let's say thank you to the t-shirt. And if we like the t-shirt, we say thank you, no thank you. I don't find joy in you, t-shirt, so I'm gonna put you away. But if I find joy in the t-shirt, I keep it. Oh, thank you, t-shirt, I love you, I'm gonna keep you. Like that is literally what she says on her shows. I encourage all of you to watch it. It's actually hilarious. Um, so it's the same concept except instead of uh, like, you know, being, uh, having this external clutter, they're focusing on internal, you know, inter decluttering our internal selves, our internal minds, um, collecting ourselves in our thoughts. Even um, companies, like really big name companies are adopting the practice of mindfulness, mindful leadership, Apple, Google, Nike. Research shows that practicing meditation actually changes the way the brain processes stress, um, decreasing the effects of stress, small depression, and anxiety. Steve Jobs actually was considered a pioneer in mind technology, mind technology, um, when he introduced Zen mindfulness. And um, he brought it to Apple, so basically he, he um, created a meditation room. He gave people 30 minutes a day to meditate. Um, he had on-site yoga and meditation classes because that was uh, the process he used to reduce his own stress and gain more clarity and enhance his, his creativity. And let's admit, Steve Jobs was brilliant. He was a genius, right? So you can't take away from the fact that yes, um, meditating and taking all this is, is, good for your, is good for you. Okay, so why is it so popular all of a sudden? Okay, it improves your mood and levels of happiness and well-being. Um, it reduces anxiety and prevents and treats depression. It improves uh, working memory and executive function. And it reduces automatic bias towards race and age. Okay, when I saw that, I was like, wow, like if, if people just meditated a little bit, the world would be such a happy place because there would be no biases towards race or age. And have you turned on the news lately? There's a lot of hate going on in the world. It's kind of scary, right? So people aren't practicing mindfulness, which is, which is great. But um, there's also apparently eight qualities of mindfulness. So let's go through these. These are fascinating. Kindness, and this means you deal gently and kindly and patiently with yourself and others. Non-judgment, not being too critical of yourself. So when a bad thought comes, you're like, okay, I accept that this is a bad thought and I'm not gonna be angry at myself that I'm thinking this. Um, patience, remembering that things unfold in their own time. Um, impartial watchfulness, meaning pretty much like just being open-minded, just being open-minded to things and to people. 
trust, um, kind of self-explanatory, but trusting in yourself and in your feelings. Non-striving, meaning like stop fighting, stop trying so hard, like just let things happen as they, as they do. Accepting um, things and people as they are and letting go, not holding on to things because, um, you know, life is a constant flow. And if you hold on to things, that basically means that you're suffering from something. Okay, does this list look a little bit familiar to any of you guys at all? Does it spark kind of like, a, oh wait, I think I've seen this before. Anywhere? Okay. So I kind of changed the order a little bit just to kind of show you that it's basically the same thing, people, right? So like they took mindfulness and they're like, oh yeah, the fruits of the spirit. What can we call that? Because people don't understand spirit. Let's make it mindful. Yes, people will understand what that is. It's the same thing, right? Trust, peace, letting go, acceptance. It's not by happenstance that we actually um, have the fruits of the Spirit. These are attributes of a person who lives in accord with the Holy Spirit, right? We are all familiar with, with these. I don't have to go through the list, but as you can see, kindness is kindness. Non-judgment, that's basically like don't judge people, don't judge yourself, be good, right? Um, patience, this patience, um, self-control, trust, gentleness, love, peace, joy, all of those things is it? acceptance, letting go. I mean, letting go to me is kind of like, yeah, just, you know, love, let go of, of your anger, let go of your, you know, forgive, like all of those things. They just kind of wanted to rearrange it so that it's not like plagiarizing the Bible. Okay, so, um, here is is the verse that kind of or the verse the psalm that kind of like really kicks it off king um king david right david was a man who was at the heart of uh, had the heart of jesus right had the heart of god so he he says in the psalm and i didn't put the whole psalm because it's really long but god is our refuge um, and strengthen ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear through the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. You know, and then at the end, it says, he says, be still and know that I am God. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of jo Jacob is our fortress. Psalm 46 is a song for Zion, which is God's holy city where his people dwell. The city is, um, the city's holy because God lives in it. And the psalm is about the security of God, that God's our true home. So it's written in the third person up until about verse 11, um, where the first part of it is God, uh, David meditating on, David meditating on God and meditating on, you know, God is our strength. God is our refuge. You know, he will be there. He will not abandon us. So he's meditating, right? And the first 10 verses is all about David meditating. And then the last bit of it is when God speaks and he says, be still and know that I am God. Now, to me, that is the essence of what mindfulness is really all about. Okay. Um, God dwells within us. So we're basically like Zion. We will be able to hear God's voice because he lives in us, right? Um, okay, so be still and know that I am God. What is it to know? And David shows us this, right? Because David was reflecting. David knew God because David meditated on God. David was like, okay, I know that God is with me because, um, you know, he is my, he, 
the, the thing about the psalm, too, by the way, is that clearly um, David and the people were in some kind of turmoil. There was some kind of anguish. There was some kind of stress. They were in war, right? So you have to look at it from that context, is that they were in trouble. They were feeling something. And then David is like, okay, I'm in trouble. I need help. I'm going to, you know what? God is good. God is our strength. He's our refuge. He will deliver us from this war. He will be there for us, right? And then God's like, be still and know that I am God. Just chill, right? And it's not like a, hey, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I was looking for here? Um, just, just do nothing. Just be still and do nothing. It was more like um, just be in awe. Be aware, be uh, involved, be, uh, be, know that I am here, right? So it's not like just relax and do nothing. It's more like, no, just take a minute, think about everything that you're going through and know that I am God. Be still, quiet your mind, quiet your thoughts, quiet yourselves, and don't worry. Okay. Basically, the next, the next thing, I mean, it's all over the Bible, right? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day exactly what mindfulness is, right? Translation, be still, be in the moment, be present. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. And I don't know how hard that is to do. I just recently had to learn this lesson. And again, I know you guys have heard me say this a zillion times, but it's so true. Whenever I give a talk, it's like God's like, you need this more than anybody else, honey, right? He's like, you need to calm your nerves. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself, which means I have to worry about what I'm doing today. Yes, of course, we think about the future. We think about what that's going to look like, right? But it's the little things because the anxiety is the to-do list. The anxiety is the, oh my gosh, I need to go buy the groceries because I need to make the cookies because my kid needs to take them to school or they need to make the cupcakes and I don't have time to make the cupcakes because I have to, you know, take them to soccer practice and who's going to have time? You know what? Just go buy some cupcakes. It's okay, you know? Like there's always a next solution. You don't have to like stress about everything and sometimes that's how God speaks to us, right? Okay, so... The translation for this is this. It's just be still, be mindful, be in the present, be in the moment, and be with me, be with, be with God, right? It's in stillness, not busyness, that we tune our spiritual ears to hear the voice of God, to hear him say, be still and know that I'm God. Um, and he's always going to speak to us um, um, in that still, small voice, right? Like in, in 1 Kings, it says that, um, chapter 19. But so often we can't hear the voice of God because it's drowned out by all of these things that are going on in our mind. And those things that don't spark joy, right? Okay. So um, in John 4, 24, it, uh, it says, God is spirit and they that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And this is important because this is the difference basically between mindfulness and 
what we practice in the church, right? Because mindfulness is not, uh, it's not spiritual, it's psychological, it's, it's, it's physiological almost even, right? This is spirit. God speaks to us, God speaks to the Holy Spirit inside of us, right? It's spirit to spirit. That's how we communicate. That's how we understand and, and, and get to have gratitude and get to meditate on our lives and get to meditate on God and all of that stuff because we're spiritual beings. We're not just going to, oh, let's thank the mind. Let's thank the t-shirt. Let's thank the, what are you talking about? That's crazy talk. Who's gonna talk and, and think an inanimate object? right? God created the mind. We have the mind of God. So why wouldn't we just speak to the person who created the mind instead of talking to the mind? Like, it makes no sense to me. Okay. Um, sorry, I just get, like, really emotional when I'm like, what people make money doing the craziest things? Um, so, you know what really stuck with me a little bit, too, is um, a, a few series ago, Father Anthony spoke about um, the way we practice or how we worship, right? Like some people worship through music, some people worship through nature, some people worship through um, art and, and, and all of these other things, right? And um, that, really, that really stuck with me because when I was younger and we talked about quiet time, which is what meditation is, I always thought, oh my God, I have to like go lock myself in a room with the Bible and not do anything for like 30 minutes. And that to me was like, I don't know how to do that. That scared me. So I tried, I mean, I've done it, right? I mean, and, and if that's your thing, do it, right? Because that's, that's important. You need to spend time with God. But what I found for myself is I need to be in nature. I can do the exact same thing where I'm sitting, but I'm under a tree, right? And I'm listening to the birds like chirping, and I feel like God's presence there. And it's not just that, it's, um, it's, a, it's not just taking, the, taking 30 minutes out of your day. It's a constant thing. It is always communicating with God. It doesn't have to be so regimented. And I think this is what I've learned through the years, is that you don't have to just stop and dedicate a portion of your time, like you have to fit it into your schedule, like everything else that you have. Mindfulness, mindfulness, and um, really practicing the presence of God is is 24-7. You can talk to God whenever, because guess what? He's everywhere, right? So newsflash for you guys. I don't know if you knew that. You don't have to sit in a room for 30 minutes and invite him over. He's there. Um, so you can do it wherever. You can do it in your car. You could do it in your kitchen. You can do it. I mean, yes, take the time because you have to meditate on the word, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm kind of rambling right now. Um, this is this is basically the bottom line, right? Um, Christian mindfulness is basically practicing the presence of God. Um, put simply, as as Brother Lawrence says here, is to take pleasure in every moment that God is with you. I remember getting this book years ago, and I read it, and it was, I was fascinated by it. I mean, it didn't really hit me until later. I'm a slow learner, so like it takes me quite some time before I actually understand what it is that people are telling me or giving me. Um, and it had to be this talk before I was like, oh, the practicing the presence of God. That's what that is. I have to go reread that now. Um, but that's basically it. It's being in the moment. It is... It is letting go of all of that, like that, that comic that I had where your mind is full of everything and just being there in the moment with God. 
When you draw near to God, he promises to draw near to you. That's what it says in the Bible, right? We pray for you that your day is filled with extraordinary moments because you're spending them with God, right? And he'll take these ordinary, stressful moments for you and turn them into extraordinary um, events because it's infused with his presence. And it's in his presence where you're going to find the fullness of joy and those qualities that we saw. Really, it's the fruits of the Spirit. In his presence is where you're going to find peace, joy, love, happiness, all of those things, right? As it says here in Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. That's all mindfulness really is. It's trying to find joy, right? People are selling joy, right? Marie Kondo, right? And that like t-shirt will spark joy. No, joy comes from the presence of God. It doesn't come from your decluttering your house. Yes, that does bring you joy, decluttering your house. But just imagine what decluttering your soul will even feel like. When you declutter your mind and declutter your soul, that's just going to, make everything else fall into place, right? Okay, so um, talk about traits to practice the presence of God. Um, very, uh, very brief. Ability. We said before, the, the, the fact that we have a spirit and the fact that we are um, God's children and that God dwells in us gives us the ability to be able to communicate with him, gives us the ability already to be able to hear him and hear his still small voice and to hear him and know that he is God, right? Um, and we hear from God through our spirit. And you have to acknowledge that that is the only way you're actually going to hear God is through your spirit, not through, not through your mind, right? I mean, the mind is a part of your body, but it's not. Um, our approach, right? Um, our approach to listening to God um, that we're capable of hearing him. We, we learn to listen to God by understanding how he speaks to us. And he speaks to us through his word, for sure, but through other people and through experiences. Um, the primary way he speaks to us is through his word. And so this is another important thing because I believe, and I don't know if I had it here, but... Um, King Solomon and King David, they both were men in the Old Testament who really meditated on the word of God and who were, one had the heart of God and one basically was the wisest man that ever lived. So if we want to be able to have those same experiences where we're just like understanding ourselves and understanding our environment and understanding other people, um, but also like in tune with all of the people that are out there and in tune with our experiences, that's that's the perfect thing to do. It is just our approach and learning to, to really, to spend time in the word of God. This isn't new, like I'm not, I'm not telling you guys anything new because that's the whole point of this is that people are teaching you new things that are not new. This is stuff we've been saying for a very, very long time. They're just taking God out of the equation and selling it as something secular, selling it as something that is like new age and new wave. It's not. It's all based on religion and, and it's all based on the things that we've been taught since a very young age. So yes, it is important to spend time with God in his word, right? But like I said before, find what works for you and, and, and do it. Our attitude. 
um, base, basic things to apply, right? Um, whether you're at work, whether you're uh, with family, whether you're whatever, just that small prayer that, that, that you're always in God's presence. You gotta make it a priority. That's just the bottom line. You gotta be able to say, I want to practice the presence of God. I want to let go of all of my anxiety and I'm gonna make it a priority by taking a small walk by taking five minutes and just reading a verse from the Bible or just meditating, by meditating and praying. Um, pursuing, you have to pursue God in order for him to be able to speak to you. Again, seek first his righteousness and all the rest will follow, right? And he, he says this all over the Bible. Um, persistence, just like everything, just like with intermittent fasting, right? Like with any kind of diet, if you want to see results, you just gotta keep at it. Nothing's gonna happen over time. You're not gonna learn the presence of God or you're not gonna be able to feel that mindfulness until you actually just start doing it, make it a habit. And prayer, with everything, prayer is, is the way we communicate with God. It's the way God will communicate with us. It's the way we hear him. And just ask for God to guide you. Ask for him to show you how to be more mindful, right? Um, how to be more spiritually attuned to him, to be able to hear his word. And you'll see that all of this will end up helping you with your stress and anxiety. I mean, he says it here. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. That's basically the bottom line. Mindfulness eases you from stress and depression and anxiety and all of those things. And here it is. Here's the simple solution. He says, my son, just meditate on my word and it will give you life and healing kind of like mic drop, like, okay, Jesus, I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? That's all it is. That's all it is. It's very simple, but we like to over, we like to over, um, analyze it, right? Or, or we try to like make it into this big thing. The beautiful thing about God is he's very simple. Jesus is a very simple, well, I won't say simple. He's a very complicated person, but like his teachings are very simple, right? It's kind of to say, I love you. Um, I want to be with you. I, I'm here, right? I'm gonna speak to you, but you gotta, you gotta, just speak to me first, and and meditate on on my words because I'm not gonna come and overpower you. I'm not gonna be, you know, all in your face. I come in a still small voice. You want to hear the voice of God? You want to practice uh, mindfulness? You want to let go of of stress and anxiety, and you want bodily healing? Just spend a few time, a few a few minutes with with God and practice the presence of God. That's it. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for um, being with us today, for teaching us this very simple yet profound lesson, Lord, that you are always with us, that you are willing to speak to us that we shouldn't have to worry about anything, Lord, that we shouldn't have to worry about tomorrow because you are with us in this moment, Lord, and you are taking care of this moment with us. And that all we need to really do, Lord, is to just focus on you, meditate on your goodness, Lord, and that you will provide us with all of our needs in this moment, Lord. 
I pray, Lord, for every single person that is here, that you watch over them, Lord, that you help them practice uh, being in your presence, Lord, and to learn how to hear your voice, Lord, how to give them healing in their lives, to give them healing in, in their minds, um, to help them manage their day-to-day -day activities, Lord, so that they don't have to feel any kind of stress or anxiety, Lord. I pray that you may watch over us, that you may watch over the church and our church fathers. I pray for every single person here, Lord, that you may be with us this week. Um, please be with us, Lord, as we pray thankfully to you.